Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Avin, yeah, this is the Black Country Blokes, chewing the fact about everything it is. Mental health, disability and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime as always, Lee Cadman. And we're joined by Rachel from We Love Carers. And thank you, Rachel, for coming on. No, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. And she's going to be telling you about all the wonderful things and what she got into it. But as always, we're going to start with our gratitude list. I'm very grateful. I mean, my lad, Osman Mohammed at the World, uh, what a performance he put on. I'm so very proud of him. Um, his dad, unfortunately, lost last night to the Georgian. Well, I honestly believe we're going to win. Very close fight. Very close, wasn't it, Lee? It was very close. Very close. It lost to it was unanimous, but every round... Yeah, it was unlucky, wasn't it? He, he did the, yeah, it's a very pick and fight, wasn't it? Could have yeah. gone either way, but but you know, but we've got to remember the three bouts he had before the one loss. He, he beat two lads on the unanimous and a stoppage. And sometimes, you know, when you're in these competitions, you you're so sad when you lose. But you've got to remember how very few people have gone to this tournament. The yeah. world is the only line ever. He's the only person from the Midlands who've gone to this this tournament and to box as well as he has. So I'm very proud. I'm very grateful that we've got the technology that I could watch him and talk to him every day. So I'm very grateful for the technology and very proud as a coach. Lee, what are you grateful for? I don't know. I was listening to you and I've, I've not stopped and thought about it. I want you as that interesting. Oh, I'm grateful for the £15 you didn't spend on me today. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I grateful for today? My mum. My mum has saved the day once again and um, unfortunately Cala school was closed today or her class was closed and she saved the day and uh, jumped in and helped me so I could go off to work and do my bit. How come they were closed? Uh, um, I don't think I can say on here because I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. Like, Less said at the moment, I think the best on that. Yeah. It's great. Though. I mean, you, your mum's one of Cala's carers. Yeah. Because sometimes if your mum couldn't do it, you, you're really against it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I've took her to work a few times with me. She's sat in the in there. It's not ideal for her. It's not it's not much fun in the in in my little uh, shop. And you're hoping she's having a well day. Yeah, that's it as well. Yeah, you're hoping she's she's well enough to be in there. So yeah, grateful for my mom. Rachel, what are you grateful for? Um, family, all the support that they give us with the kids. Um, my other half, even though I don't like to say it out loud, <laughs> for everything that he does. He, he's at uni at the moment, so um, he allows me to go off and wander and do what I want to do. <laughs> um, well, like I said, he looks after the house, basically. So um, I'm grateful for that. Um, basically, all the support that the family and friends give us. And it is this one, if you're lucky to have a care network, a family, friends, whoever it is, it is brilliant because... We often think, well, what have I got to be thankful for? And you go, well, if you take them people out of the scenario, life gets even harder, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, it's, family's important. And family hasn't just got to be blood, has he? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have my Dylan family, but I'm also lucky to have my Lions family. And, and 
it's amazing who are there for you when you need to. Everyone likes to be with you when you're winning, but when you're on your backside or looking up at the canvas, thinking, I need help now. It's, it's your loved ones who can pull you up and through the hardest of days, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, like I said, the, as you said, it's second family with the charity. Like I said, they're, they're all carers there. Um, and the support that they give each other um, is amazing. Um, and would I say some, well, yeah, some of them mentally are probably in a better place for having that support. Mm. Um, so, as you said, having friends and having that support network is uh, essential. Because you can be very lonely, Connie. And I always talk to Lee, like, every day we phone each other and it's um, normally the first, you know, brother, how are you doing? Uh, how did you sleep last night? You know, that's always one of the first questions I always ask Lee because... I'm a, my, my daughter's able-bodied, fine, but when she's been pooed with Tom Slider, when she's been a baby, I'm terrible. You know what I mean? Because we need sleep in this poor bugger, and by the turns of it, you, I've gone years without it. So it's always that first thing. And I can, I can hear in his voice some days when he's had a good night's sleep, he's, he's fresh, but, you know, you'll have, like, days, if not weeks, of not moaning, but just biting on your gum shield and getting through it. Yeah, I look that good, do I? No. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no. What what sleep? You don't need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it, you do amaze yourself at how little you do actually need it, don't you? Yeah. And how much you get used to functioning without it. Yeah. And yeah. I do find now if I do have a better night's sleep, I feel terrible the next day. I feel really terrible. Yeah. You know, I just feel tired all day then. Whereas if I'm not had much, I can kind of just get on with it and I'm all right. Yeah, it's right. You, you know, you have a good night's sleep and you feel worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you live on no sleep. It's just part on the parcel, I think, yeah, of uh, being a carer. Um, and you just sort of get used to it, I think. Yeah, you do, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It, it is, it's odd. And I don't think you ever have a good night's sleep. Like, a good night's sleep for me is if I don't have to get out of bed. But yeah. I'll react to any movement I hear on a monitor. So it's, you're constantly stirring and listening out, whether you, whether you have to physically get up or out of bed or not. You you know the monitors are on and you're, you're alert to them, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure what a good night's sleep is now. Yeah. Even when you go away, we've, we've been looking up on the odd occasion, usually about once a year, to get away with my wife and to stop in a hotel room, the two of us. And even then, it's never feel like I sleep well. Yeah, because you're always thinking, oh. Yeah, what, that's it. What's, what's going, going on? What's going on? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, would you like to tell us, Rachel, about your kids and um, what conditions they've got and then how you got in? Did you found the charity? or? Um, yeah, I'll say co-founded. Um, but took over very shortly after it started the charity. Um, so basically, I become a carer when I had my lads. Um, they're probably one of the smallest surviving twins in the country. So one pound one and one pound seven. Um, so they were in hospital for six and a half months. It's a bag of sugar, isn't it? Bag of sugar, yeah. Nice. About the size of a hand, really. And they're about an inch wide. Um, through the amazing work. Um, for the neonatal unit at Wordsley at the time. Um, they did survive the night. Um, so a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, they died several times in neonatal. Um, so we were expecting um, the worst when they come out regarding disabilities. Um, <clears throat> but they've done exceedingly well considering um the state that they should be in really um so 
one of the lads, um, like I said, autistic, ADHD, severely in disabilities, um, other mental health issues, um, cognitively very low or extremely low, um, and several medical health issues. As I said, they've probably got about 25 diagnoses each, so I'll be here all night. Yeah, I say that often to, to the doctors, because yeah. you know, yeah. you'll get another doctor and they'll ask the same question. Yeah. You're better off to read the notes. notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, yeah. that long now. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Time, you know, we, we could be here all day. Yeah, um, and the other one, he's got a rare condition called schizencephaly. He's got cerebral and athetoid cerebral palsy, so what, it's a spastic quadriplegic. What, what do they mean now, please? What was that? What, what, what did it? I couldn't even pronounce it. So the schizencephaly. <laughs> yeah, what's that breakdown to? Um, so basically, um, there's two types of, well, there's four types of schizencephaly. You can have it on the left side of the brain, the right side of the brain, or bilateral, which is both sides of the brain. It can be open-lipped or closed-lipped. So closed-lipped means um, they're like little horn structures going into the brain. Um so that's where the brain matter is missing. Um, an open-lipped one is, as, as it says, so fluid actually goes into, into the horns, I suppose. So it's part of the brain that's missing, really. Um, but that schizencephaly can bring on the epilepsy um, and stuff, which he's got. So he's got multifocal epilepsy with secondary generalisation. So he... he has multiple seizures during the day um but it can be any any part of the brain really um back third of his brain is a cyst so the back third of his brain's missing top third of the brain's missing um which we knew he had some cysts at the top of the brain when he was born um so but he's, it was a bit bigger than what we thought it was <laughs> um and then obviously with the cerebral palsy and dystonia and various medical issues again. Um, but too many to mention. Could um, you explain to what people out there uh, what cerebral palsy is? Yeah, so cerebral palsy, um, it's basically cerebral is your brain and the palsy is your muscle. Um, so there's four different types of cerebral palsy that you can have. You've got the ataxia, athetoid, uh, dystonia, um, and uh, spastic quadriplegic, um, or the spastic. Um, so obviously spastic quadriplegic is itself, it's all four limbs. Um, like I said, they're trying to rack my brain. Um, the ataxia is, I think, the, if you ever watched Demodale, um, <laughs> no, there's a lad on there called, um, who's actually got cerebral palsy so he's an actor I think he's got the ataxia which he's, he's very wobbly when he's right. walking and stuff like that um, so it's basically the, the brain controlling the muscle um, and or not controlling the muscle so um, you can have it mildly you can have it severely um, she was the comedian, the lady comedian. She's good, isn't she? Yeah. Can't remember her name. Rose, Rose. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, like as I said, um, it's very, very, varying types. Can he talk? Can he communicate? <laughs> he can. 
Um, he's got a real bad stutter, um, so it's very difficult to understand. He's got um, dysphagia and he's got issues with the control of his mouth um, because of the uh, weak muscle in, in, in there. Plus, being on the ventilator and stuff, obviously it's affected the jawline and various bits and pieces. But um, he also draws quite a lot as well, so he's he's got issues with swallowing and... Um, but when he swears, he can swear. He's taught in Listen to you on the phone to certain people yeah. by any chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, you can clearly understand him when he's not in a good mood. <laughs> but, um, you said the other one doesn't stop talking. Does the other one doesn't stop talking. There. Are they close? They yes. got the twin brother, the, the the twin bond. Yeah, they're identical. Um, <clears throat> Which they, if one's ill, the other one pick it up. Hmm. Um, the best story that we've got was um, while uh, the one was at home, the other one had a really rough day on the point of view that we thought he, he was going to die basically um, in hospital. Um, so I stopped quite late. He was struggling with his breathing. Um, so went home as you do got all the phones by the side the mobiles home phone just in case you're going to get that call in the night um about four o'clock in the morning the lad at home was getting upset um thought he was hungry couldn't control him couldn't console him sorry um six o'clock he was really really upset um took my daughter to school nine o'clock he was in the car with us um my husband said he's just gone off to sleep he's, he's just settled down now phone rang and then he said oh can you come in the, the infamous can you come in we need to speak to you <laughs> um went in and as we found out four o'clock the lad in hospital had issues with his breathing um six o'clock he'd actually died um at nine o'clock they'd got him settled and back on the ventilator again so if, it was that freaky thing where obviously he was feeling it outside yeah. um with what was going on with the other one so yeah they're they're pretty close it must be i'll, I'll think about so so when people talk to me about kind of caring for actually caring for color i enjoy and i find quite easy she's she's a happy little girl that just basically as long as she's fed and playing in a room and entertained she's fine you know she's yeah. she's she doesn't cry she doesn't do it so it's i find that quite easy it's the the stuff in the background is the hard bit like employing carers and and being on the phone to certain services and all that that really drags me down and it's really hard work but to to have to do it with two as well as because they seem like they're um there's a lot more involved in looking after them than there is color hmm. you must just pull your hair out some days just kind of it, it's been fun <laughs> um the the reason i do what i do was um we had issues with education in the local authority right um so we we did we were probably one of the first ones in the borough to get 32 hours in education right we did take them to a tribunal um we got it half a day before we went to the tribunal they did actually go to mainstream the kids yeah um fantastic one-to-ones um and they lasted till about year three before they moved across to special needs school. Um, they, but they, it sounds so 
I, I went to mainstream school because I'm visually impaired. Yeah. But I could you'd read it to me. I could touch type. You know, mm. I, I, I would suit mainstream school. I want to be there. But like meeting Carol, I've never ever met your kids. But you're thinking, what happens? And then it, are they just left at the back of the classroom and they included and thinking they can't do anything here. Yeah, the, the, the school was really good. Yeah. Um, Tried the I'll, best. I'll give them a plug. It was St. Mary's RC in Broglie. Yeah. Um, and they were really good with them. More so because of their one-to-ones. Mm. The one-to-ones were superb. Um, and that's I said, I always say the reason they stopped in mainstream that long was because of the support that the one-to-ones gave them. Mm. Um, I, I would. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it's hard. Um, kids going into mainstream. On the pretext that the teachers haven't got the knowledge mm-hmm. um, to teach them, <laughs> yeah. if if you know what I mean, and to adapt. Some some do, some teachers do. Some teachers get it. Some teachers don't. Um, I, I do believe that they should have some sort of training in SEN, um, especially at the moment. While local authority are looking at sending more kids with SEN to mainstream schools. What does SEN stand for? Uh, special education needs. Um, so, yeah, they they did okay because of that. Um, but because they were in mainstream at the time, <clears throat> this is going back like 14 years now, um, the local authority took their care package off them. So we have something called like direct payments, <clears throat> which um, we can employ personal assistant to help the kids with dressing take them out supporting us um so if i've got to take two of them for an appointment my other half can't make it then the pa will come along with me um and support us um it was an hour monday to friday hour each a day so it's five hours a week we got um for each kid and then because they went to a mainstream uh, they took the care package off them because at the time you could only have moderate learning difficulties in a mainstream school. <laughs> um, so that ensued a two-year court battle for failure of care. And that takes um, care you doing two yeah, years. Yeah, so we it's took a judicial review out on the local authority. It's a scary time. Like, I remember going yeah. to the tribunal to get colour into a school and then we'd never done anything like that before. No. You know, it's all... You're trying to look after... A child that's at the time she was really really ill in and out of hospital pretty much weekly uh, whether it be seizures or chest infections and a lot going on and then we're trying to put her through this yeah put well we were trying to get it through a tribunal and ours was a case of they didn't have a school for her at all wasn't even like you can go here you can go there it's well, we've got no places in any schools yeah yeah and it, it's um and the other two babies and juggling everything yeah it? it's it, it, it's um I think there definitely be needs to be. We had a great um, send us lady who helped helped us through that journey, but there's not really a lot explained about what happens in the process. You just end up turning up at this tribunal, and, and it kind of happens around you. You know, I remember walking in there. Well, how does this work? What happens? Where's this person? Where's that? Well, you know? Yeah. Kind yeah. of what's going to happen while we're here? And it was. It was scary. It was very scary. And, and that's right. You know, as 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 a carer, nobody tells you how to look after your child with a disability nobody tells you how how to approach this whole new world that mm. you, you're in um 
and you, you you just have to learn as you're going along it is very very much that and yeah. i um i see people we there's we, with color con condition there's a trivet syndrome they do a yearly um get together at center parks where you go for a weekend yeah. a weekend basically or a long weekend and it's fantastic you know you get to talk to all the people who are in a similar position but you also you can spot a mile off the people who've got young children who have just started their yeah. journey yeah um and i feel sorry for them i really and you, you try and go well look it does get better because i know what you're experiencing there we've been there we you know we've had a, a one-year-old child with his uh with his disability yeah. and and you could, but you can just see the stress you know and and although it's still a stressful now you learn to deal with that yeah in in a way um is it easy easier um that we knew right from the beginning that they'd be severely disabled mm. um for for me i suppose it's um the kids who probably on the autistic spectrum um who probably don't get diagnosed mm -hmm. until they're five Plus, six, you did seven. have the internet then and yeah. the internet's been a godsend yeah you know for us to sit and be able to research if there's a new medicine if there's this or that if anything changes we can we can sit and research it uh, and know a bit more before we we go into these situations yeah. whereas well you know you didn't have any of that did you the internet wasn't there the yeah um yeah like i said it was but i not and again, I think it's a good thing or a bad thing because as soon as you get a diagnosis, especially with the severely disabled kids, is that you automatically go on the go internet, the internet yeah. and, and you automatically well, assume the worst. I've spoke to Kev on the podcast many yeah. a times about this, and I, I, the way I do it now is I know if I'm in a good enough position in my own head to search those things. Yeah. And sometimes I won't. If I get that information on the day, I might leave it, and then a week later I say, actually, I'm ready now to have a look and and because I can deal with the information better yeah. because it, it can be doom and gloom. They don't really give you, the, they don't give you the good side of it, do they? You no, know, it's all, no. it's all the bad side. So yeah. yeah. And I, th I think that, um, that young lads on the news today with Jack Grealish, um, yeah. where they were saying, Oh, you know, um, this was his diagnosis when he was born or when he was younger. Um, and my other half did actually say, well, they're not going to tell you they're, they're always going to give you the bad, or the worst case scenario mm -hmm. um and if it gets better from that then, well, it, you know. again we spoke about this before and in, in part of my job when i was working for a lecky going around and, and meeting a lot of children i remember quite a few times going into a parent's house and, and they'd look at this piece of equipment and, and go well the doctors told me you'd never be able to use that and, yeah. and that straight away i'm like i don't think that's the right way because the doctor told us that Calla would never be able to walk and here she is at eight now taking steps. She's yeah. not steady. She's not racing around, but she's taking steps. And it was only because I knew equipment, I knew myself that, and it, you know, and I think I've gone to these places and they've basically give up themselves mm. instead of giving you, instead of giving the child the best opportunity to achieve that. Mm. Does that make sense? I think sometimes yeah. I understand why they do it. They're yeah. trying to manage expectation. But for some people that can just close the door and they're going, well, the doctor's told me that person's never going to never going to say a word. So I'm not even going to bother bother with it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I get that. Um, and again, like I said, really going back to the carers, um, should there be more support for them? Wait. You, you go to the multidisciplinary assessment, whatever you're given a diagnosis and then it's 
buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that as well. Yeah. Wait. Um, so so where's where's the support for the care after? Because like I said, you automatically write down all all these diagnoses of what your kids have got, and then you go home and you Google it, mm. and you think, oh crap, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, this is really bad. Yeah, um, form of like counselling is that? Yeah, and there should it should be some sort of counselling. Um, there should be. Um, some support for the carers mm-hmm. w- once you've got that diagnosis. Your life's um, never going to be the same. No, because it's just go right, get on with it. Get on with it, and and for me, it, it's uh, that's when they manifest into mental health issues. It's like the if the parent goes or goes through a grieving process mm. because that kid's not going to be how you expected them to be. Mm. Um, so okay, they might not have died, but that thought of what they they should be like has yeah. <laughs> if you know what i mean um so it is a grieving process still and there should be some sort of counseling for the carers um to get over that really um and and not to assume the worst yeah so um harry my lad who's autistic um like i said he di- he died on us five times in hospital both of them were bagged and masked over a hundred times. Um, it was a really tough time for them. Um, and they were set they, the the message that we got was that Harry would never lift his head off the pillow. Harry runs around like a loon ninety <laughs> percent of the time, like I said. He talks non stop. Um, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, you you know, um, he didn't stop speaking until he was five. But these are all things that they said wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen yeah. And as you say, not with that grieving process, it's every time they say you're, your child won't be, you die a little, don't you? Don't get, yeah. you? You come back alive a little bit when they've proved them wrong and it's, my baby's now talking, it's running. It's, but yeah. every time they're saying, well, so he won't be able to watch telly with us. He mm-hmm. won't be able to say if he's hungry. He won't, and it's when it, and we, we catastrophize, don't we? Because yeah. what am I left with? Yeah. What 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 life he or she will have, but then when they can prove like the color walking, you're probably it's you you you, you oh, it's a great win, isn't it? We need wins in life, don't we? Yeah, and I think again, like I said, it all goes to back to changing your mindset as as a carer, as a parent, um, and like like you said, not looking on on the negatives is. Just looking at the positives. Well, that, that, ta- that takes a lot of. I mean, it took me years really to start to start getting through that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of the time in the first probably four years where you just feel like you're trying to keep keep uh, them alive. Mm. To be quite, let alone whatever else is going on in the world at the time, you're just trying to get through a day, keeping them alive and keeping them going and keeping yourself going yeah. and keeping your fam. You know, so two other children keeping them going and you know. Um, and, and in in a way, do I say it's worse for men? Because that's why you hear you you as men don't talk to each other. No, <laughs> you we don't talk. No, we don't. And that it is a massive issue. And again, hence yeah. why why I'm, I sit here and, and do this is one of the main reasons as well to show my my son that you can talk and you can you know because my, my son has been through it. Yeah, I've said it many times like for an ambulance to pull up to our house at one point for my son, he wouldn't even get off his place. He was that used to, used to that it. situation. Yeah. yeah. And that was frightening to me. You know, I was like, my God, this that shouldn't be normal to be used to that kind of thing. Or um so yeah, that's what that's why I try and get men talking. That's why we have people like yourself on who who explains it and has been through it and sharing your experience 
um and showing it's okay to do that's absolutely fine to to talk about it and talk about what's going on yeah i think for women they naturally get together and have a chat and talk about oh this has happened and that's happened and it comes a lot more naturally and yeah. easy for us to, to do that um and form that circle of friendships with with the, with your peers um who are in the same situation but for, for you as men i think obviously it's a lot, a lot harder to to open up um especially probably feeling that you have to be strong for the family yeah well i still and, do still yeah. now i can talk on this podcast all yeah. day long and tell everyone my problems at home and then i'm at counseling now i'm doing this now i'm doing that now but i still find it hard to speak to my wife about it yeah and because i want to make i don't want to project my my you know my angst onto her and make mm-hmm. her life harder i suppose um but, but i'm also realizing as i get older and as i share more on here by not talking to her i'll just make it harder on her anyway you know yeah. it's kind of that, that that situation um but it does it takes a lot because you, you you are brought up to be the man of the house and to take these things on your shoulders and keep yeah. pushing forward but it, it catches up with you it catches it, up with you and it, it, does. it buries you yes yeah, um and i've said again on the podcast many a times Cada was quite ill in 2018 and was in hospital over two months um again uh, uh, induced comas you know quite a serious serious time and at that time my mental health was great because the only thing i was concentrating on was Cala. that was it was yeah. in hospital that time there was no background noise it was just let's get get us through this situation but six months after she'd been out of hospital it all just hit me and caught up with me and um had yeah. to seek help yeah um so yeah but anyone out there who's listening if you're in a situation just go and find go and find help get that courage up and go and find help yeah. it'll just bury you yeah um and again like i said it's the same for the young carers as well yeah as as you said with your, your son with that um my, my daughter was seven when six seven when we had the lads so sh- she spent literally six months in hospital mm. <laughs> yeah you know and that that was numb for her and ever since then obviously she's been a young carer um be it just fetching nappies or wipes or whatever yeah. but they've also missed out on going out because of being in hospital they've missed out on you, you know social events because we haven't been able to take her um and things like that um we somebody nominated us for a holiday to florida so we, we, we took the lads and my daughter was 16 yeah 15 16 at the time um last day she said and i forget the words she said to us we were walking back to like the, the shop area reception area and she went this has been the best holiday of my life mom she mm. said but the boys are going to die before me aren't they no. And as I said, you don't appreciate what what they're going through. They they don't really come and talk to us. And no, I think there's probably the same situation. Me and what they don't want to. They, they know you're yeah. you're under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and they don't want to uh, make that worse. But again, I think I think we need to get in a habit as of a family of talking about these yeah. things. And um, because you know, and I know your your brother. Um, He's always said he didn't fear it as much, did he? Because yeah. he understood what was good. But your brother was quite a bit older than he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm like, like I've said again loads of times that when we've been hospital and our, and our kids have been palmed off to family, family and friends, people that know. But it's not like being at home in your own bed, and and yeah. and their worries are the same. So we're we're sitting in front of Cala so we can see what's going on. Whereas their imagination is just running wild. 
yeah. you know, they're at home and the imagination running wild about what's going on, um, which which can be a lot of worse. And I know my, my eldest, my daughter, she suffers quite bad with anxiety. Um, and it's a lot to do with uh, waking up in the night and us being gone because yeah. we had to get an ambulance to go somewhere. And then maybe the nan's, luckily mm. the nan lived the street up from us and she'd come down and she'd be there in the morning be like, well, I went to bed and everyone was at, at home and yeah. everything was fine. And yeah. now I, I might not see my parents for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, is... Yeah. But we, we, we did some work with the charity and um, just before lockdown uh, with, with some of the kids, young carers. Um, and I have said to certain areas of, of health that um, they, they really need some, to be some work. Uh, done with them because um, it's shocking yeah. their, their mental health um, and how fast they have to grow up. Yeah. Um, then they, they're not kids anymore. No, no, that's right. If they could like use our place, come up here, yeah, do a bit of boxing around, you know, because kids in the back is so underestimated. Sometimes, and how many people just come up, get the pads on, or I'll glove up and I beat me up for a bit. And it's like I needed that. I yeah. needed just, to, and it's not encouraging violence, which some people say. It's just releasing it, getting it, getting the, uh, getting the, you know, everything feeling better, releasing, I can't remember the bloody words, endorphins. endorphins but getting endorphins going, and, and just, then once you're tired, sitting down again, ain't feeling now. Because we found that with like, the support group. Yeah. You're coming out, I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right. Mm. Uh, you hit the bags with it, and you go, me and Kate's having our problems or the baboo was up or not and, and you know yeah. you open up yeah things. your emotions are running high because you're tired you're worn out and you do tend to uh, but there's euphoria and yeah. you've been on a bit of it so you do tend to kind of um as men release that emotion more don't yeah. you and talk more at that point well that's what we found isn't it with a support group mm -hmm. but yeah i think um young carers there's just uh it's almost forgotten about. Well, I think it's forgotten about with carers, to be quite honest, let alone young carers. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're kind of, yeah. um, uh, you know, left to get on with it and left to left to figure it all out yourself and, and left to make all these phone calls and do all this this work around it. But I think there's, just, I think a lot of it just comes down. There's no, with, with LA, there's no accountability. I think we care is just getting a short end of the stick, don't know, with everything. Yeah, it's like even with the budget, you, you know, um, I scoured through because obviously I didn't listen to it. Um, obviously, there's an increase for people on benefits, but there's nothing in there about carers. Mm. You, you know, you're still stuck on your £69 a week mm. for a 35-hour week job. I think yeah. that's it. And then and, uh, sorry, and there's no help for you know. I've seen that many in in the papers now who their children rely on electric to keep them alive, literally yeah. to keep them alive. So they're spending thousands upon thousands, and there's just no help there. You just think, no, where are we at if we're not helping these kind of people? And yeah. and when you have to have the the actress Kate Winslet give someone seventeen thousand pound just so she can have electric to keep her she daughter alive. You only get your carers allowance per household. You don't get it for both kids. No, you only get it for one because it's cost as a 35-hour job. So you get that for one. It's a one. really bad paid 35-hour job. Yeah. And once you become a pensioner, you they take it away from you anyway. Yeah. Depending you... on your pension. Um, that was a bit of a grey area, which I'm not 100% sure on and i've never been 100 percent sure on it um it depends what you get on your pension whether you're on pension credits and stuff you can still sort of get 
carer's allowance to top it up, but you don't get carer's allowance. No, as soon as you hit 65, you're not a carer anymore. It's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. And then, so we've talked, we've, <laughs> but what, let's tell us about how, how you already started and why you started it and what you guys do. Yeah. Um, we love carers. We love carers. Um, I, after the issues we had with the legalities and the judicial review, etc., um, I wanted to basically tell people, don't always accept what you've been told. Mm. Um, research it um, and question it. You said I love that. Mm. Um, so I helped um, because the kids were prem. I helped um, another lady, fantastic lady called Joe Weston. Uh, we set up um, a group Bliss, um, which looks after premature. It's a nationwide charity, but we, we set it up uh, for Dudley mainly driven by um, Joe, in fairness. Um, but once I was there, I realised I wanted to help more with the disability side. Um, so um, myself and this chappy called Mark set up a support group called Insight for Carers at the time. Started That was 2009. Um, it grew quite rapidly. Um, become a charity in 2012 um, and since then yeah we've been toddling along quite nicely we've got about five six hundred um, people on our database that we help um, so we do like coffee mornings um, craft groups uh, we help with well DLA forms, attendance allowance, all the benefits. Um, we do advocacy, so we'll go into schools, we'll go into hospitals, we'll go to GPs um, and support the parent carers or just carers. Um, a lot of people think we're just there for, as a parent carer, um, but we're, we're there for carers of all ages. Um, and the, I go and do talks at um, hospitals and stuff talk about what it's like being a carer um, and we're also part of the parent carer forum um, so we try and work in co-production with the local authority and health um, to get our voices across regarding what it's like being a parent carer um, and how their decisions affect our kids that's what it is isn't it their, their decisions i mean 69 quid to be working all them hours and as you say sometimes we're saying live down the phone but like even education it's not about leaving it with a diploma and it's having some form even if it's just interaction learning how to interact with <coughs> other children yeah and it's also giving the carers a bit of respite isn't it in the day yeah um without sounding too crass um i did have this conversation at a meeting once um and and for me more about the life limited kids mm. um it was like what why are you making these kids this is my own personal view <laughs> um why are you making these kids um fit into your boxes and why are you assessing them so they have to move on to the next stage um i'll, I'll swear a bit here now because <laughs> um my, 
I basically said, what's the point of them doing all that to tick your boxes when it means jack shit to them if they did? Mm. Um, so if my lad dies tomorrow, all this assessing, all this making him take tests to move on to the next stage um, in education or whatever, it doesn't mean anything to him. Um, for me, it's life experiences, going out, seeing the world, tasting different foods. Yeah, you know, yes, school is important socially, and they do have to learn some stuff. <laughs> you, you know, I'm not denying that, but to to say sorry, you've got to hit this certain level before you move on. Why? For me, yeah, no, know, I agree with you totally. There, and, there's um, more to life than that. Yeah, yeah, and I, th I think it's about. Um, if you're going to do that, it's about working on skills that are going to benefit for, for instance, like making all the physios in place mm. and things like that. Because if you have got the potential to do things like walk or the speech and language or talk, you know, making sure that's yeah. in place and looking at those kind of targets more than um, more than any other target, really, just just to improve or potentially improve quality of life more than whether they tick a box over here yeah and i think it's more um finding more now um because obviously they're moving on to college or special education college is it is um so theoretically they could go up to 25 they could stop in college but as as we were told it's not a given right a conversation we had the other week it's not a given right that they can stop in college to the 25 you, you know they have to be seen that they're making progress and i said okay what's your threshold of progress because mm. making a cup of tea is progress being able to go to the toilet on their own is progress yeah so what is your threshold for progress um because it for every child or young adult it, it's something different um so i was just interested what their threshold is for these kids to maintain um, just doing life skills, I suppose, at, at college um, and for them to move on for another year. Um, and you do wonder that, okay, let's say they, they have these this progress, this imaginary progress that they probably haven't got actual gauge for. What happens if they don't meet it? So you leave college and then well, what's happening at that point? Yeah. You, you know, you just... They just exactly it's, <laughs> and and then you you know as, as you said earlier the, the school is more about life experience and and being around people and interacting and uh, you know it's more about that isn't it experiencing things so they'll miss out on all that and just well it then comes to you to make sure they get that and be around and be out and but you know what you it's it's, a, it's how do you do that yeah um we we did pull them out of school a few years ago um, to go on holiday. Um, um, we we did go over to America, um, and we went to this lighthouse thing, and I got talking to this American woman in the queue, um, and it, as I said, I had to pull them out of school, but obviously we had to get permission for them to be out, and she said, "Why?" She said, isn't this learning about life? Mm -hmm. Aren't they learning about another culture? Aren't they learning about, you, you know, another country? So she said, why, why do you have to explain that you're pulling 
in, in that respect, I suppose if you're lying on a beach for two weeks, that might be something different. But like I said, she said, if you're going somewhere and you're learning about another culture, isn't that part of learning as well? But that's if they're able-bodied. It's, this is family time. Mm. This is, we're learning a different language. We're learning about what's on the beach. We're learning about, yeah. you know, we're learning that to blub and relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because when you go in school, it's, it's three times as much. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, well, this is family time. Well, imagine how much it is for a disabled person, just oh, on yeah. insurance. Yeah. Just yeah. on insurance to be able to get on a flight and go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you so we already know you're earning sixty nine pound a week. Your partner might be working, but you you know a carer's earning sixty nine pound a week. So mm. yeah, you can't afford these things. You know, it's really hard slog to save to afford anything remotely like that. Yeah, and all it? the equipment, all the meds that yeah, you've got to take. It's, it's yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. No, um, I can imagine, in some sense, I think about it myself, and, and and we've debated whether to go abroad and do all that, and the. And I stop and I go, I've got a feeling it's going to be really, really stressful. And I don't know whether I can handle the extra stress of going on holiday sometimes, you know, just thinking we've got to take all this stuff over. And it might just be a case of it's the first time you do it, so it seemed a lot more stressful in my head than it actually will be. But you want to go on holiday to relax ultimately mm. and, and have a good time. So if it's if if the stress of just thinking about going there is is taking that away, then... Yeah, like, where do you land in, in fairness we we have been we, we normally drive we just take the van yeah and fill it full of everything you need yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's only obviously the first long first flight we did <laughs> was a long haul <laughs> you, if you're gonna do it if you go all the way it, just, <laughs> yeah um but again that's challenges he he um he had to go on the plane first so we could get him down the aisle in the wheelchair whole thing um you have to have a special seat in there um we had to be the last ones off the plane which and you're on the plane longer and, and the plane longer yeah and, and there's not changing facilities no for changing disabled. no he, uh, had to, he had to be changed in they, they were really good yeah um but he had to be changed on the floor in between they had to stop everybody from going to the toilet was everyone all right with that in general yeah i think because they they could with Tom, they could obviously see he's quite severely disabled. Um, so my other half had to carry him, you know, in, into that area so they could all see what what was going on anyhow. And the air hostesses stood at the other side, and made sure nobody came in. Is, is Tom aware of aware of Tom's that? aware? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of sometimes again with Calla, she's not aware of any of that, yeah. and, and in some sense, that's a blessing. Mm. Because no, that's not dignified for him either, is it? Like you, we're going to take you down here and change you in the middle of. Uh, he, yeah. he understands that there's no way, you know, you're on a plane, yeah. but it's still. It's, yeah, I, th I think because he's always done it. Mm, yeah, I, I don't think he thinks about, about it. Like it that. Yeah, um, but he, he's aware. Obviously, he's got to get changed, and you know this. Um, my, in fairness, my other lad is incontinent as well, um, and for two of us to stop in the cubby hole of the toilet mm -hmm. <laughs> on the plane to try and get him changed um while, while he's standing up he's, he's not great um so yeah you, you've got all those factors to take into consideration and you put me off going no, I, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. I, no I, I would say go yeah 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 um
it's, it's, take it as an adventure. Because we say this a lot about <laughs> disabled tourists. Could you see them everywhere? Any disabled tourists? But how many times uh, we went yeah. to them and you had to dredge them on the floor? And mm. well, I've, I think you've probably been in that situation as yeah. well of changing on the floor. You know, yeah. a disabled toilet, but they don't really have the facility to cater for disabilities. Uh, you know, it's more. Yeah, like, um, um, this is my hobby's rant. Um, is that they cater for disabled people but they don't cater for disabled people mm. they cater for older folk yeah who can't manage the toilet um rather than a severely disabled yeah person. Oh, there is more change in places opening yeah. up now and, and that's fantastic but uh yeah it's it's a long way to go in terms of that yeah i remember before it was about two or three years before they put the changing places in at the merry hill <clears throat> i went and had a rant at the customer be, services yeah, because mm -hmm. I was sick of having to pick him up in the baby changing area where he, he his feet was in the sink, his head was in the other sink. Yeah, you know, and it was like, how the hell am I supposed to change him? Yeah. Yeah, you know, on a baby changing. Change table, yeah, which table. you probably shouldn't have been on weight-wise. Yeah, but in fairness, we've, we've, <laughs> we've done it many a time and changed him on when he was... He, 14 15 on on a baby changing table yeah so because you've got no we've got no, no other, other yeah yeah so, it's that all the floor and yeah sometimes it's cleaner on that baby changing yeah, table yeah <laughs> so like the hubby's or my daughter's been holding his head at one end you know my mm. hubby's been like got his his big bloke so he's got his belly holding up underneath <laughs> that not the changing table i'm holding the other end mm. just to try and keep the you know family effort yeah <laughs> so he's been a bit of a mare but obviously people don't look at the things you have to go through no they, they don't do they and, and um that's that is part of the issue but we don't in general because i never until calicum along and i was working within the industry um but until calicum along i didn't understand any of it really i thought i did but i didn't you know yeah. i didn't you, you don't think of um you think oh well you know there's disabled changing so, there you go people with disabilities can get changed mm. but it's never as clear cut or as simple as that no um, and, and they don't cater for everyone every yeah, disability yeah. and that's the thing until you you, you know live it um the, you never question it no that's right um but, and why would you really yeah yeah you know it's it, but you don't I, tend to question things that don't affect you no but as i say anybody can become a as i say i've got i've got a bit of an issue with the word carer as well um an unpaid carer yeah um you don't become an unpaid carer or unless you become that um you don't realize it but anybody could be an unpaid carer at any time mm -hmm. um anything can happen to anybody within yeah. the family yeah at any then, point then you're thrust into that, that position into it. yeah 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 it's also the it's not only that the financial strain of uh so i remember again when keller was first first born um, my wife quit work and was an unpaid carer and she was doing all that side but the pressure that put on myself was okay we're one wage down now because as we said it's, it was less than 69 pound then i think it's probably yeah. about 65, 65 yeah. it's gone up, <laughs> gone up a few few pounds yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in eight <laughs> years yeah that's it but, but yeah so but that put fine that well i thought that would put financial pressure on me so i went out and and um worked harder worked more did more hours which my wife needed me my wife needed me at home but i'm thinking oh my god i've got to make up your hours now running around doing all that so there is the that added pressure of financial uh, and that of adding 
um, medical needs. So Callow was on oxygen at the time. And mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was running constantly, all that kind of stuff. It just it just cost more yeah. to, to, to look after someone's disability. And it was scary at the time. How are we going to afford all this? And how are we going to do this? And, and in truth, it wasn't until the lockdown, um, which made me slow down and stop, and we 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 managed to get through it, and and we we're okay financially. You know, we're not when I say okay financially, we're not rich. We just okay. survived it yeah. financially. Yeah. I suppose is the best way. That you think actually, I don't need to be doing all that. I don't need to be running yeah. around. You know, the money is not. It's nice to have it, and it's nice to that. But it, it's ultimately my real jobs at home, looking after these and mm. making sure they're okay. Yeah, and I think that was the same thing. You, you know, I can't happily say. Um, my other half was a driving instructor. Um, I worked, um, obviously he had to go down to part-time hours. I had to give up work quite happily. say we lost about 40 grand a year mm. in income. Um, but then he, he was like, Oh, I need to try and make it. So he was working 60, 70 hours a week. Mm. And it was like, and obviously that was having an effect on his mental health. Um, so it was like, no, <laughs> you, you know, we need the support at home um more than the money yeah um and you you learn to survive without the money yeah like everyone else um again we were at a meeting um and they were talking about carers and they were talking about um the postcode deprived areas um and i did say to him um the person who said it really being a, as a carer there's no actual deprived areas um you'll probably find those who are more likely to be on the breadline are those in the more affluent area because they've got the mortgage yeah they've got the council right. tax to pay and again they've been thrust into it like, and they've like been the thrust rest into it, it yeah you know. whereas in the more deprived areas as such you, you've got your rent paid you, you'll get your council tax paid and you're more used to being in that situation yeah, to begin yeah. with so you've probably got somebody who's living in the old quarters in Starbridge, mortgaged up to their eyeballs you know both of them doing really well or whatever um and then that money's gone mm -mm. so how are they going to pay for the life they're accustomed to they can't yeah um so either they lose a house or you, you know but like said they're living on the breadline just to keep the house um and in fairness that person to around oh yeah i didn't think of it like that yeah, it's right. It's right, and I think you're kind of moving away. But you'll you'll see that more with the cost of living crisis now, because yeah, although you have people who are, are earning a lot of money, their standard of living is up to that point. So their mortgage is higher than what what yeah, yeah and they they're going to really feel that pressure. Yeah, uh, it's a kind of a similar similar situation. That's right. Yeah. So apart from not with the benefits, because we've obviously Christmas coming up, mm. and. Uh, you're doing something with toys, aren't you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we, we sort of run um, to keep ourselves self-sustainable. Um, we, we don't get a lot of funding, in fairness. Um, we, we run an auction um, every week online on Facebook. Um, so people donate us stuff and we, we sell it, obviously. Um, on there um some of the toys we 
we, we've got a toy sale on this Saturday, actually. So um, some of the toys we keep back for Christmas. So um, the carers and that can buy it. Stupid prices, really. Um, quite cheap. Um, so that gives the kids some presents. Same with the clothes. Um, on the pretext that the kids have got some presents and mm. not, as I said, it's not into, into eating into their bank account so much. Um, but we also um, keep some of the toys back. Um, we run a toy library. Um, when our lads were a lot younger, um, Dudley had two toy libraries, North Dudley, South Dudley <laughs> area. Um, and we used to use it. So somebody used to come around once a week, once a month. Um, with a van full of toys and we could hop on the bus go and to some toys um mainly specialist toys for kids with disabilities and um let them play with it and give it back yeah, the next month. <laughs> um, that sort of dissolved mainly because of the cost of it so we sort of inherited some of the toys um and we're in the middle of cataloguing them at the moment. But <clears throat> for me, um, while it was great that the lads got something to play with, I um, was quite aware that my daughter was sitting there mm. and not being able to get anything off that bus. Mm. Um, so for me, it's for the siblings as well. So it's for the young carers that we can offer them something to take and play with as well. Yeah. Or read or watch a film or... or something that they you know um, yeah, it's almost like taking your kids to when toys or us was around and and only buying two of the three are present isn't it yeah then, yeah it is um and if anything it's probably not as i said the siblings who probably could all benefit from it more than the actual mm -hmm. kids with the disabilities um so we're looking at getting that set up again um so in a way we still have to like quite good conditioned toys that um, kids with disabilities and um, sensory toys and like the wooden toys like um, fine motor skills type thing um, that these kids can use and play with well, you know, that may have been ignorant but like you know your baby toys yeah when it's like flashing lights and yeah yeah more, more those kind of toys like um yeah because um with with some of the kids um even though they might be 12 13 mm. their mental age is still yeah one two three and they're still into toys so more like of those that. kind of toys yeah or yeah or um toys they got I, I don't know if you ever used it like the click clack toys yeah so it, it's a bit like a, a wooden standing toy where, where we can get the kids to stand up basically and get them to practice a standing and they feed the little car at the top and then it clicks its way down mm. um so um stuff like that i suppose more specialist toys that we're probably after and more sensory toys but if um, someone did just bring normal toys then you could wrap for those yeah, yeah, or or we keep them for the other kids, the um, kids. siblings, um, 
but yeah, like I said, uh, some of the toys we'd, we'd probably raffle off, auction off, uh, sell, um, and then we could get switch toys. Um, we can get sensory toys in uh, for for the kids who need help with the fine motor skills. Or so switch toys, basically a normal toy, but it's got like a big pad on it. Um, somebody's adapted it, so all they have to do is hit hit the switch, mm. and then the toy does what it does so if it's a train it will move along mm. um but the kids who aren't able bodies but can hit a switch yeah. they can get the same uh sensation of the toy moving they're um, doing a lot of that with um computer consoles now aren't they adapting yeah. the controllers who's lucky enough to be involved with a charity down south who wants us through through my business do a bit of bit of work on um lola servicing and that's what they do down there and, um mm. It's fascinating to see their little game room, one of a better word, where yeah. they've got all these things that these kids can, you know, can they play on because because of these adaptations of controllers and foot pads, and yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. But obviously, as you know, it's the cost. It's a cost. It's very, <laughs> yeah. yes, it's really, really expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. You, you only have to you look at the, you only have to mention special or disability, and the, and the cost of everything seems to fly through the roof. But um, and the toys aren't a subject to that as well aren't they yeah yeah um so yeah lots said uh, whether we we keep the toys um if we think it's relevant for for our cohort of children um or like as i said we, we do sell them um well i think then goes through fevgon in toys uh the lines will be closing down on the 16th of december so bring them up here toys and clothes or just mainly toys um anything really <laughs> toys books yeah, yeah things like that yeah dvds not not, not so much, much. we've got quite a People few who's got dvd player DVDs, yeah yeah they're all streaming yeah 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 if you want to see these i'll have them <laughs> <laughs> oh we got rid of some today <laughs> um yeah for for me we do keep some dvds because obviously the autistic yeah. kids like their dvds um but not only that, um, we've got a couple of um, portable DVD players. So if the kids do go into hospital, yeah. um, they can borrow them and take some films in. Yes, yeah, so many of we had one for for my daughter while we was in hospital because you used to, they used to charge you for the internet, didn't they? Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't cheap to do that either. No, I mean, Sounds about <laughs> the internet and parking and, and getting yeah. food for the bane of my life when I was in yeah. hospital. I mean, fairness, the Wi-Fi is still a bit dodgy now, anyway. Yeah, it's not the best, it's but at least best. it's free. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of our biggest rants is the parking. Because yeah. <laughs> in hospital, you either work there, yeah, you're poorly, you're going to see someone who's poorly. Yeah. So everyone there, do you know? And you're thinking. And once again, I've said a million times, if the parking went into the hospitals, went into the, the nurses, the cleaners, the little, yeah. you, you bought, you if you go, oh, hell, you know, it, it's funding it, but it's not, it's is not, it? No. And that, no. It's criminal, isn't it, man? Yeah. Um, ah, yeah, issues with the parking, even at the QE, because we've got a van, and the parking's multi-storey. Hmm. Well, yeah, like, this problem many a times yeah, at Birmingham um, Children. We yeah. can basically put on one car park, which is really expensive. Park on the um, Snow Hill because it's free. Is it really? Yeah, that's why I love people like you coming on this lived experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously it's a, it's a bit close with with the van. Yeah. Um, 
but um, disabled parking's free, mm-hmm. and it's literally a five minute walk. Walk, yeah, yeah. But that that is <laughs> But how much could that potentially save some like I you? don't want to even work it out now because you know I know I mean? how much I've wasted then. <laughs> but it is so because without that gem, yeah, it's saving you because it's not once again fifty pence for an hour. Oh no no no! You know, More like eight pound. Eight pound an hour. And then some days, you've been up there, you've drive up there. They haven't got my subscription, Kev. So they can't send it to me, so I've got to drive back up. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, before you know it, that's 20 quid. Yeah. You know what I mean? 20 quid plus your fuel, mm. plus this. But, and you're thinking, blow me in there. Yeah, try and get an early morning appointment. There's always plenty of parking there. I'd never have trouble parking in that car park. It's just, yeah, it just grieves yeah. me. I'm thinking, my God. Yeah. Like, you only have to really enter there. If you're on there more than 15 minutes, It's a, I think it's at least 560. Yeah, I remember the first time we made the fatal mistake. First time we went to Birmingham Children's, we made the fatal mistake of parking on on an um, NTP, and I think it cost us fifteen quid yeah. for the appointment. And it was like, yeah. 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 yeah, what fifteen quid to go yeah. for an appointment? Yeah, and once again back to the cares, sixty sixty nine pound. So that's that's a quarter. Of, of your weekly budget, weekly yeah. yeah, and that's before you put the fuel in, before you've done <laughs> yeah. it. But this has got to be evaluated. And they can't go, the bloody carers claiming all this. You can claim in what? Yeah, I think, oh, how many years ago? It, it must have been about 16 years ago, something like that. Um, lady that I knew um, actually sat down and worked out all the different jobs you do as a carer. Oh, so yeah. PA, physio, OT, nurse, um, and basically broke down the bits I don't know how long it took her, but basically broke down the bits of what she did during the day as being a full-time carer. Um, and I think then, 14 years ago, the the average wage for the carer was about 70 grand because of all the jobs that you do. Yeah. And what's a full-time carer? Yeah. You yeah. know, how many hours is it really full? You know, it's not full-time. It's not a 39-hour. No, you got. You don't say, oh, I'm stopping now. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm off. <laughs> I'm having my tea break now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You say it is literally 24 hours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 24 hours, seven days. Because that's sleep, as you said, and a deep sleep. Well, I will say, like um, we mentioned earlier, obviously um, our children went to school, college, but you don't you don't stop. You, know, you don't go, well, you know what, they're, they're at school, guys, I'm going to sit here now. That's when you get on the phone. Mm, <laughs> that's yeah. when you're phoning people up and... and um, whether it's booking appointments, speaking to doctors, speaking to physio chasing equipment chasing payment you know that's when you're sitting doing all that kind of things i've said again i think i said last week i, I did 100 phone calls in you just wait five months uh, and that's not including my email just to one just to sort one problem yeah yeah you know that's, that's right. a lot of time it's mm-hmm. a lot of time so yeah you don't you don't even stop when they're not there do you, you know no. it's still still yeah. ongoing is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? How can people find you? Um, you can find us on the website. It's scrolling across the bottom, actually. Yeah. And we yeah. just read that early. Yeah, so it's www.welovecarers.org. So there's, um, uh, on, the, on the front page, there's a little few little boxes that you can send us a message. Um, it'll come straight through to me. I normally forward it on to Anne, who does our parent liaison. <laughs> but it'll come, th- come through to me. Um, and if you've got any concerns being a carer, if you want any help, um, if we can't help you, we'll point you in the right direction. Obviously, we we talk to the local authority a lot, so 
if we can, we'll raise the issues with them directly um, and try and get it sorted. Um, we've got some contacts with legal advice, uh, with SEN um, education, um, with wills, probates, power of attorney, um, and clinical negligence. Um, we will have contact with uh, somebody who will help you with uh, appealing um, your benefits and stuff like that. Um, we've got counselling services. Um, we've my daughter who is actually autistic herself. Um, she does her, uh, meditation mindfulness sessions for us um, and um, she does mental health life coaching as well so um we've got all those on offer if anybody needs any help and definitely you've got to do it on your own guys because everyone in this room has had to battle through it <laughs> there is help out there and it's great having people like you who can show you where the help is because when you're there you're thinking oh my word where do i start yeah and i think i think we're we're not professing to be professionals we're not we're just carers who set up a charity so the carers are run by carers so we know exactly what you're going through um and what support you need um we're quite averse if somebody wants to set a support group up or whatever we, we can just set it up it's not an issue we also run um chaos our play scheme so we run over the summer um for the six weeks um, twice a week um, we used to do an intensive play scheme but with covid etc that was put on hold for a bit we run a saturday play scheme we run youth clubs we run an over 25s group um, so if anybody wants to come along to any of those or you want the kids to come along we also run parents can stop or parents can go um, so we also run a bit of a cafe on the side i suppose where the parents can have a bit of support, talk to each other, have a cup of coffee um, while the kids are playing. Um, so all, all of that is there. And are you on any social medias? Yeah. Um, if you just look for We Love Carers, again, it's on the website, so you can click on that. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I've got to say I'm pretty rubbish at twitter so, <laughs> so we, we're, we're rubbish at all of yeah. them <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've, I've, I've, uh, we've got a young lady who's just started helping us um get that up and running um well done properly i would say <laughs> <laughs> not not as an afternoon thought of me at 11 o'clock at the night going oh god yeah i should have really tweeted about that it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like us yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah like i said um they can follow us on on that but um everything's on the website if they're struggling to find us one more time Lee. what is it it is www.welovecarers.org lovely well have you got any quotes or sayings from your organisation or for your own life that's helped you get through life? No, I think um, there's plenty of quotes, but I can never remember. Um, I think it's a case of like, you just, if if you don't look after yourself as a carer, then nobody's going to support you. You as a carer needs to be in the right frame of mind because if you go downhill, who's going to look after your family or your loved ones? So for us, especially you 
you need to be looked after yourself and you need to put yourself first. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all next time. So, take care of yourselves and each other. Tara Rabbit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen, listen.